Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al, and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series one book at a time. This month, we're discussing book 41, The Shepherd's Crown, which is the final book in the series. Boo. Yup. Boo indeed. Tell us what happens. Um, Granny dies, and Tiffany leads. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Didn't beat my trains exclamation point. It didn't. But still pretty good. Yeah, so there's a lot going on in this one. Yes. Like, obviously, last book of the series. Um, pretty big deal. Uh, it feels very much like he knew this yeah. would be the last book. And there are some accounts, there's even a little afterward in the book, that says he wasn't quite done with this one yet. Like, he and would have tinkered with it a bit more. Honestly, I can see a few places that could have stood for a little tinkering. Oh, I have, like, a huge complaint that yeah. I think another pass would have fixed, but I mm-hmm. don't know if that was his intent or not. Because right. a lot of what he, to my eyes, got wrong mm-hmm. is stuff that he's consistently gotten wrong in the last several books, and I don't know that he would have fixed that. But in any case, it definitely would have been longer. Yes. Like, this was a bit short for a Tiffany book. Also, um, in the afterward, they talk about how he tended to tinker with his books. Like, he just wouldn't stop. Like the books Yeah, until never... the editors just had to say, all right, it's publishing it, it, time. It's, it's, now is done. Yeah, Terry, we, have to, we have to go. And, all right, I guess I'll write the next three. <laughs> and a lot of this was written, like, while he was still working on Raising Steam. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he never just wrote one and then the next and then the next. No, they said in the afterward that he tended to have a couple books on the go. Yeah. Which, honestly, I'm not much of a writer, but when I write, that's kind of what I do too because you sort of hit a wall sometimes and you're like, I literally cannot no, and do you need one to, more thing No, you need here. to keep writing. Yeah, so you just move on to the other thing that doesn't feel so, like, tedious so you get to enjoy. So yeah. it's like, I am... One of the reasons I'm not a writer is because I enjoy the act of writing. I yeah. take pleasure in it, which is like writers don't. Mm, no. So it's one of the... <laughs> I love having ideas and brainstorming. Yeah. I love having written, but that middle part... Oh. There's, something on, there's something on the internet that said there's so much fucking typing involved. Yep. There was another one that's like uh, the pros and cons of making stuff. Cons. Making. Pros. Stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Accurate. But... He did get the last book out. Like, there yes. there was even mention in the afterword of what books might have been. And honestly, none of them sounded particularly appealing to me. One of them was but... a follow-up to Morris. Yeah, the, like the... another, which wouldn't have been great. No, but... I mean, maybe the second one would have been good. But the, the first one was well enough into the series that, like, he knew what he was about. Yeah. Yeah. But my memory was, apart from the one big mm-hmm. uh, event, this book being nothing. And that's not exactly accurate. It's a lot of character stuff. Yes. And a lot of uh, switching POVs. That's actually kind of my good thing. Okay. Is we get to say, we, we get to do a tour of the witches. Like it's, all of the witches. It's kind of who's left over. Like I talked about this a lot in Raising Steam where we kind of hit a, did a, like uh, talking about everyone up to this point and right. what they're up to is like, okay, everyone who's out in the country is left and that's what this book is for. Yeah, and so we get to say goodbye and get a follow-up with all of the witches, the witches that we've spent a lot of time with, like mm-hmm. Magrat, uh, but we also get to see Perdita and mm-hmm. uh, Agnes and... Um, all of Tiffany's friends throughout the books. And from the city mm-hmm. and like the like uh, the 
uh, Vafo. Yeah, Mrs. Proust or Proust, Proust depending yeah. on how he pronounces it. And it's just, it's not shockingly, because it's Terry Pratchett, all very well written. And you yeah. get a lot of character stuff in a very short amount of time. I was particularly taken by how much I cared about what had happened to Magrat, mm-hmm. which is weird. It's I cannot like logically account for how much... I like that character. There's nothing to her. No, you really liked Magrat. Like I, I, yeah, not a huge again. I know. Like there's things about her I like, and I see her mm-hmm. place in the series. But probably, like you rightly said, because one of my favorite books, which is Abroad, is her worst book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just am not that attached to her. But I don't know. I like I said, I don't know why yeah. that I am, but I. Absolutely Is am. It spite? Are you doing it to Mary Mary quite contrary? No, I always felt this way, yeah. like when I was reading them on my own. But seeing that she's thriving as a queen, mm-hmm. putting matching her up with um, uh, Letitia, mm-hmm. who is sort of a, a lower, like she's a baroness, effectively the same thing. Queen of a tiny country and a right. baroness are basically the same thing. But like she's she's got this position of power, but she also has witch tendencies and. It's a natural fit to send Magrat over there and say, hey, look, you can do both. And it gives her another teacher mm-hmm. that makes sense. And it also gives Letitia a little more sway because if a queen is saying oh, that yeah. this is fine, then it must be fine. No, and and late in the book, her her influence mm-hmm. works for something else, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked that she's got a bit of an arc. Like, she's not... The, the like, soppy... I never understood a lot of these mm-hmm. terms. They're very English. But uh, th- just the, she doesn't feel weak anymore. Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel like the third wheel. She doesn't feel like... She's really come into her own. And we saw that happen as she became... She stopped being the maiden and started yeah. being the mother, where she started right. to make filthy jokes. And, yeah. yeah. But then she went away for a while, and yeah. we visit back with her, and like, oh, look, she's doing well. And... In the big battle at the end, there's a, there's a, this is very much a follow-up to Lords and Ladies. Very much so. And, and a follow-up to the first Tiffany book. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, all of these have not just been direct sequels to one another, but they all echo back to one another, which I like. But this particularly, it's a really nice bookend because it's dealing with elves and the Queen of the Elves and mm-hmm. all of that stuff in book one and Tiffany coming into her power. Mm-hmm. And then here we are at the last book where we're dealing with the elves and the Queen of the Elves and Tiffany coming into her sort of final form as the leader that the witches don't have of the witches right yeah there's there's a lot of talk of that which i like um but the the one last thing about magrat when they fight the elves Mm -hmm. she puts on the old armor yeah the inky armor queen Queen inky Inky, who didn't exist is very clear now it wasn't just like a well maybe she did maybe she didn't like in lords and ladies i don't think they were entirely clear on that now everyone knows she didn't exist it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. magrat now it's a symbol of like her like fierce protectiveness and as well as being a witch queen she also gets to be a warrior queen yeah yeah and i I don't know i just thought that was nice and there's some fantastic nanny stuff in this yes this is a nanny and tiffany work really well together yep in the same in a sort of a similar way to how granny and nanny work well together um because you have Tiffany who is experienced in a lot of things and very powerful and very smart, but she's got some blind spots that Nanny fills in and not just the sex stuff, also the like helping people with their emotional stuff and going about things in like different ways. And Nanny also knows about all of the old magic stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
Tiffany respects her and sees her value. And we had a lot of that in the last book where she's like, oh. That's what you're for. Yeah. Oh, Uh I get it. But also, he's done this all along, but especially in this one, as she is very clearly Granny's replacement, Mm -hmm. literally. Yep. Granny dies and says, the cottage goes to Tiffany Aching. For all intents and purposes, I she is now the leader that I that we don't have that I wasn't right, but you know, um, but he does a very good job of establishing how she is not like Granny in a lot of ways. There's just this simple phrase Tiffany laughed mm-hmm. appears in this book a number of times, and it's a good like it's always contextually appropriate. It's not right. just like I don't know I'll throw a bunch of these in here. It makes sense, but I started noticing it. It's like oh, cause she's not like Granny. She's she's still retained her like humor she's not just this ball of selfish well not selfish but you know what i mean and self-absorbed she's not like she doesn't cut off the people in her life yeah she's still in the world or yeah, whatever she is close to a lot of people she still has a romantic interest yeah and she has her, yeah but not just like no she has but she also romantic, has her family yes but she has her family she's close to some of the other witches yeah petulia is still her close friend yeah um she she's close to nanny like mm-hmm. she but she's yeah not just close to witches either um but yeah again all the ways that she is like granny it's nice to see that there are some ways that she's improved on the formula a bit. Yeah, she looked at granny's life and said i want to be a witch and i want to be powerful but i don't want to live like this yeah that sad little cottage yeah. where everything has been scrubbed threadbare, mm-hmm. but there's that's it. That's her whole life. Yeah, cut down to the bone. Yeah. Yeah. And I like all of that. Oh, boy. So I might get a little teary. You already are. I can see yeah, it. Yeah, I know. But this is my good thing. Everything about Granny's death was just perfect. It was. And beautiful. Like... What I wanted my quote to be was her meeting death. Because mm-hmm. we all knew if she was going to die, that was going to happen. Well, they were kind of friendly. Yeah. And I, there's no way I can get through that three pages without, like, just mm-hmm. my voice cracking. Like, my eyes are watering now, but it's fine. But, like, there's no way. It's just so moving. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clear he had his own death on his mind. It's It's very obvious. And... I like to think, this is me projecting, but I like to think that he handled this, like he handled his impending death, Mm -hmm. which he wasn't ready for, but also knew was inevitable, just like Granny. Like, every witch knows when they're going to die. Right. And they don't want to. time to clean things up. And he knew he had a degenerative disease, and he knew he wasn't going to live for a whole lot longer. He ended up living longer than the original prognosis, but he didn't, like, he knew his time was extremely finite. And it, to me, again, I don't know this. I just assume, based on everything he wrote and everything he said, that he put his affairs in order and he spent the last part of his life just making sure everything was taken care of. Mm-hmm. And in much the same way, like, there's a whole chapter of, like, this is how enthralling an author he is. There's a whole chapter of an old lady scrubbing her bathroom twice. Mm-hmm. That's the chapter. But it's so just, you know, she knows Death is coming for her, and she's getting everything ready. She makes her own casket. Yep. And that's such a granny move, because it's badass, and it's yep. practical, and yep. it's cruel in a way. Yeah, it it's helps cruel. other people, but it also sort of sticks it to them in a weird guilt way. But it also kind of sticks it to herself, because like, she's she just as cruel as she was to everyone else, she was equally cruel to herself. Yep. So she felt it was her duty 
and her responsibility to make her own casket. Yep. Which, yeah, sticks it to everyone else, but also, like, yes. it's, it's a bit of a self-own as well. Yeah, it is. But there's a lot of talk throughout the entire series, through Granny, through others, but mainly through Granny, about doing the job that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big thing. That's that a... was almost how I described the this book, like it for the uh, the summary, mm-hmm. but I didn't because it was too many words. <laughs> the but like I, it feels like that was his, a big part of his philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's like no matter what you have going on in your life, no matter what you have to deal with, you have to do what's in front of you, and that's a that's a good abiding philosophy. That doesn't necessarily mean being a part of the machine, like contributing to capitalism or whatever it just means doing the job like the figurative job that's in front of you not necessarily the literal job right and sometimes the job in front of you is helping others yeah a lot of the time but that's what it is this to me felt like she didn't like she didn't fight her inevitable death she knew it was coming she did the job that was in front of her the job in front of her this time was dying and it was just so incredibly true to the character while also being extremely moving prose and then there's this whole sequence that mm-hmm. follows about how people across the disc were affected by her passing. It's and so good. It stays with me as one of the great moments of the series. Like, yeah. if you if you t- ask me to name like my top three moments, yeah, Vimes's boots theory. I no Vimes uh, uh, berserker rage reading to mm. young Sam would be for me the Vimes moment, but this would be one of them, which is just her death touches everyone across the entire world. And this does sort of dovetail with my good thing Mm -hmm. where we follow up with the other witches. This isn't the only time. No, this is the first time where it's like we check in with a handful of them. Because this, uh, Granny's death happens very early in the book. Mm -hmm. And this is very much a book about dealing with the consequences of this massive, powerful figure dying in the vacuum left in her place. Uh, So it only works if it happens early in the book, otherwise you've got, you know, three chapters to deal with it. But also, it's Granny Weatherwax. Yeah. Arguably, if this series, this series doesn't have a main character, but if it did, <laughs> it would be her. Like, you know, her or Vimes mm-hmm. are like the main ones. And, and I, Tiffany. Why, yeah, but Tiffany... She has just as many books as anybody else. I, I guess so. I mean, it's because it's because I think it was because it's weirdly paced because we got a bunch of them. No, it's together. No, it's because exactly what happens in this book. She has been second to granny Mm -hmm. until just now. I don't think of her that way. She like the way the series ends. She's now the main one. Right. But and as much as I will argue that Sam Vimes speaks to me personally, I, I will concede that Granny Weatherwax is a more important figure overall, like. On a personal, like on mm-hmm. a on a one to one level, but I think Vimes also changed the world a bit more. But I, anyway, my point is like, you couldn't just do it off screen. You have to have a few chapters dealing with it. You couldn't just open the book with Granny Weatherwax's wake. No, I and I like that her last day isn't a very good day. Nope. Um, and she when she, she when she has the realization, she says, "Ugh, tomorrow was going to be so much of a better day too." Yeah, like it was just things just kept going wrong, and she had to deal with stupid people and mm-hmm. stupid problems, and she was just sort of in a bad mood, and things didn't really go well. And she's like, "That's that's and, disappointing." And that's it. Yep. Yeah. And it's nice to see that even at the top of your game, even being the most powerful, mm-hmm. well-respected witch there is, you're still going to have shitty days like yep. that. That's nice. And when death is sad that she 
dies. That's, I, I can't read the whole passage. Oh. I can't read the whole passage of them meeting, but I did highlight this. Um, After the whole sequence, mm-hmm. after the whole, you don't call it a montage in writing, you call it something else. I don't remember. But montage. It's, no, montage is a visual. But the montage is what it's called. Yes. But the sequence of everyone being affected. Yes. There's just one, like the, the chapter ends with this one sentence. And far away in someplace unthinkable. What? Oh, Jesus. Do it. I wasn't crying then, and I'm not crying now. And far away in someplace unthinkable, a white horse was being unsaddled by a figure with a scythe with, it must be said, some sorrow. It's so good. Yep. Oh, it's so good. And that whole sequence I'm not reading is like uh, just how much death respected her mm-hmm. and how much sh- he asks if she thought she made a difference. Yep. And uh, just yep. so good. So, so very, very good. Um, And he says, you know, she has the distinction of having left the world a better place for being in it. And she says, that's all I ever wanted. And that's the, yeah, that is. That's what she's always been working for. And it's one of those things where if, and this is a very Terry Pratchett humanist thing to think, if everyone thought that way, like. Then the world would would constantly be improving. Yes. Yeah. There's also an echoing thing throughout the entire book about she doesn't want a grave marker. Mm-hmm. She she has left explicit instructions where to be buried, but she doesn't want to mark it. She knows Nanny and Tiffany will remember. Right. But it, there's no marker. She says, if you want to see me look around, is what her line is. And that keeps coming up yep. again and again because she's left such an impact on the world. That's all you need. Yeah, she doesn't want people coming to like. No, don't turn her into a weird god or a like yeah. a like Miss Treason wanted that. I love the contrast. Yes, because the previous book dealt with a, a witch dying and knowing her death was coming and turning it into a spectacle. And she wanted people to yeah. come and leave notes and to like of course. whisper prayers to her and uh-huh. and well, that fits with yeah. all the Bafo stuff. Yes, but this is but... this is a very different person who doesn't want that. And it's. Very similar to Granny Aching, mm-hmm. who did the same thing. Like the, when they, when she died, they buried her in the turf and they they covered it over so that you wouldn't be able to right. tell. Right. And they, you know, burned down her shepherd's hut because no one else would want to live there. Right. Um, we'll get back to that. Yeah. But it, it's very sort of similar. And at the end of the book, um, there's a sequence where Tiffany is out on the chalk and she sees. And it might be in her imagination or it might be real because it's like a magical world. Oh, yeah, like um, the force ghosts. Of gra- of both of her grannies. Yeah. And they're both. That was both, a very good moment. Yeah, they're both everywhere. Well, and Granny Weatherwax mentioned several times mm-hmm. that she would have liked to have met Granny Aching and that she really respects everything she's heard about her. And she's almost yeah. certainly a witch. She's always very interested yeah. in the subject. Well, Tiffany even says, like, she isn't sure if Granny Aching is a witch, but... Granny Weatherwax asked about her a lot. Like yeah. She was, and Granny Weatherwax doesn't, doesn't ask a lot, a lot of things. No, she just lets people tell her things. And if they yeah. don't, then. Yeah. Right. Um, but getting back to Nanny, mm-hmm. this is actually my quote because mm-hmm. it's a little easier to read because it's funny. Yeah. To Tiffany's surprise, Nanny Og was weeping gently. Nanny took another swig from her flagon and wiped her eyes. Cry and help sometimes, she said. No shame in tears for them as you've loved. Sometimes I remember one of my husbands and shed a tear or two. The memories are there to be treasured and it's no good to get morbid like about it. How many husbands have you actually had, Nanny? Asked <laughs> Tiffany. Nanny appeared to be counting. Three of my own? Ha! And let's just say I've run out of fingers on the rest, as it were. 
But she was smiling now, perhaps remembering a very treasured husband. Then, bouncing back from the past, she was suddenly her normal cheerful, cheerful self again. And she, Nanny also says, you know, witches don't mourn long yeah. because they have the happy memories to keep them on and no, they have and to keep working. There's been talk of this many times where Tiffany cries and then gets on with it. Right. Because that's what you do. And I like that. Of course, yes, process your grief. It's it, Don't bottle it up. But yeah. then do the job in front of you. Yeah, you can't. No, you can't let it consume you. Yeah, processing doesn't mean being consumed by. Right. And I love Nanny being supportive throughout all of this because mm -hmm. it would be very easy to write a story where Tiffany is like Nanny's like, well, I like you, Tiff, and I see the, the, the potential in you, but you are not ready for this. You know what I mean? Like no, in she, fact, she says quite the opposite. Yeah. And when Tiffany puts this bold idea forward that we'll discuss in a minute, uh, I expected Nanny to be the first one to say, well, that's not how we do things. Mm -hmm. And instead she's like, you know what? You're the one that's not wink, wink in charge. Mm -hmm. If this is the new way, I'll get behind you. And I and just, I love how supportive she is. That's the point of, like Granny even says, the people who should be determining the future are young people because they have a lot of future. Yes. So they've got new ideas and they should do new ways. And when Granny leaves Tiffany her cottage and her steading, mm -hmm. it really felt to me like one last test. Oh, it's all a test. Yeah, like because it's always a test with Granny. Mm -hmm. And even though she's dead, she is saying to Tiffany, okay, here's here's one more for the How are you going to handle this one? Yeah, because it leaves Tiffany in a position where she has to manage the chalk mm -hmm. and Granny's setting, which is very hard because she's got those boots to fill. Yeah. And so and, she's bouncing between the two. And... Everyone in both places says she's not there enough mm -hmm. and she's spread too thin. And she, why did she care more about Lanker? Mm -hmm. She lives here. And why does she keep running off to the chalk? Granny left her this place. Mm -hmm. And like, it's a very good, like, but then nothing comes of any of that. Yeah, I was, there's a little bit of stuff where Tiffany learns that part of leadership is being able to delegate, mm -hmm. which I think is important. That's a, a lesson that. <laughs> well, you manage people and you struggle <laughs> with that. Yeah, because my desire is to just just do the thing and do all the things and sometimes you have to say not that you're too good to do the job here's a here's a passage yeah. that i highlighted for absolutely no, for no reason, reason whatsoever for nothing just nothing well tiffany said tiffany there's too much to be done and not enough people to do it the smile that the kelda gave her was a strange one the little woman said do you let them try you mustn't be afraid to ask for help pride is a good thing my girl but it will kill you in time I don't understand. I just randomly, like, my fingers just happen to go over that passage. I, I, I don't, don't know understand. What, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But it is, like, when you're, and this isn't just, I mean, it is a me problem, but it's not just a me problem. No, but these books are relatable, which is why yeah. we like them so much. He speaks to so much human experience that we can relate to. Yeah, because, yeah, it's... it's. He's good at that. That's why I like Vime so much, because he's a guy who's trying to struggle and change and, and be a better person. But being the best at something doesn't mean you're a good leader right. of that thing. And it's a completely different set of skills. Yes. And one that Tiffany's... Because everything Tiffany does is like a solo activity. Yeah. Like she makes cheese well, witching by is, herself. There's, witching there's a lot is, of yeah. talk throughout all of these books about how being a witch is solo, which is why they have invented this whole mm -hmm. system to keep an eye on each other because it could very easily slide into something bad. So she's having to learn to do new yeah. stuff and she uh and we'll sort of this will lead us into our next thing is she realizes not only can she take on an apprentice to help but she should yeah. and not doing it is stupid 
And then there being two of them yeah. means, oh, I have two places to be and there's two of us. Yeah. Look at that. Mm -hmm. But all of that doubt stuff doesn't really come to much. And Mrs. Earwig in particular, who has been a persistent almost thorn in mm -hmm. everyone's side this whole time, continues to almost be a thorn in it. Like mm -hmm. she's not... I was waiting for her to be like the secondary conflict. Right. And instead, she and Tiffany have a very good scene where they're just like glaring at each other and being extra polite, but really mm -hmm. being mean. And then that's about it. Then she shows up to help in the fight at the end. Yeah. And that's all. And, and it's like, she what? actually has a really, uh, Mrs. Eric has a very good moment where um, Tiffany's showing everyone how scary glamour is. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just doesn't work on her. Yeah, it's like what we saw in Lords and Ladies yeah. where everyone feels they're worthless and it just, yeah, nothing happens. It doesn't work on her because she's so much herself, which goes to show that, no, she's difficult and unpleasant and maybe not good at all witching stuff, but she is a witch. <sighs> but I didn't like that only because we never got to know her and yeah. I don't think she earned that. I feel like if that had happened, like it happened with Granny mm -hmm. kind of, it's like, okay, that makes sense. I get she's very self-assured, but all Mrs. Earwig is is annoying. Mm -hmm. We've never, like, switched to her POV from one chapter, and so I can kind of see things from mm -hmm. her perspective. I might not agree with her, but that's all that would or take. Or if she was the secondary conflict, but like an understandable yeah. secondary conflict yeah. where you sort like, of got hey, where she was coming from. you're 17. Yeah, you can't do this. Granny Weatherwax just died at the age of 90, probably, and you're 17. I don't think... Like, maybe in 10 years. Yeah, yeah. maybe. But there's none of that, and like I'm glad it didn't come from Nanny, but it didn't come from anyone. And that is kind of my bad thing, and we've had this bad thing a lot, a lot in these later books mm, throughout the series, I would say. But particularly in the last few books, the end, like the end of the plot, not the end of the the emotional end, is very satisfying, and it's yeah, it's but very the big, good. but the big action climax with the bad guys is nothing. Yeah, it's the it's just nothing. Now it doesn't go on and on and on like the train no. chase in the last book so yeah we, we it, and i liked this book a lot better than the last book because there weren't any real draggy sequences mm -hmm. um it was like it was all it was all good stuff no it was too short yeah honestly it, yeah no it was but it was every every sequence i wasn't sitting there going waiting for a sequence to be over mm -hmm. it was all really good it just felt like yeah the the climax of the plot was no, it was nothing. See, I was bored by the elf stuff mm -hmm. because we've done it twice before. Mm -hmm. These are like, this is like after the dungeon dimensions, it's elves. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I get what you're saying that it ties back to the first Tiffany book. And it's a nice, like, the reason is because at the end of Lords and Ladies, it's like, well, Granny Weatherwax is there and she's mm -hmm. scary. We're not going back there. She dies and the elves are like, oh, ho, 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 now. And There's... I get that. A ton of the elf stuff in this that I liked. Um, not so much when we were dealing with Peas Blossom, who was yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah. When we're in their place yeah. and dealing with their internal squabbles, that those were the interminable sequences yeah. to me. I was bored. But I liked all the stuff with Nightshade. Yes, the uh, deposed. So queen yeah, of the, the queen of the elves, yeah. the queen of the elves, who was the villain of the first yep. book, is deposed and comes to Tiffany for help, basically. And she comes there because she's got nowhere else to go to right they basically um like they tear off her wings and like throw her into the mortal world mm -hmm. and so she ends up like um the knack fetal finder and take her back to the kelda mm -hmm. and the kelda, we can kill her right because yeah, we want to kill her can we kill her and she's like 
Tiffany one... won't want you to kill her. Also, she's one elf all by herself, and she's been beaten uh... up. And they're like, "This would be wrong. We shouldn't do this." this I is love not how, how much they they have a murder yeah. boner for her the whole time, though. Yep, and that never really goes away. No, which is well established from their very first appearance yeah. on. They hate them, and I like all of that. And I, I yes, I did like. Her learning, there's a whole thing about, and it's a nice way to echo learning how to be a witch, mm -hmm. learning how to be a basic human, like help other people. And she just doesn't understand the the concept yeah. of helping. But Tiffany shows her. Yeah. And it's this idea that um, some philosophers have sort of posed that empathy is a muscle. Is a muscle. Mm -hmm. It's something that you can, you can have more or less of it, like sure. out of the tin. But if you... Yeah, if you don't he, use if it. If you don't use it, it can get weaker. And if you if do you, use yeah. it, it can get stronger. Mm -hmm. So even someone who came from a culture that doesn't have this mm -hmm. and who is like elves just don't mm -hmm. could still be taught to act correct. Or Tiffany's not 100% sure she can be taught, but she's willing to try. Near the end, like she does some good things yeah. and she's like, I, I do. I feel the feeling you said. Mm -hmm. I actually feel nice about it. And yeah. then she gets killed. Yeah. But, and Pease Blossom comes and kills her. Yeah. yeah. Which, but I don't know, like the elves, like apart from that, they kind of bored me. Like Apart from that is actually my quote. Okay. Um, So we, like the elves are being a problem. And so Tiffany and Nanny decide to go to the king of the elves. Like, like uh, Nanny did in um, yeah. Lords and Ladies. And the description of him is so good. Okay. I loved it. Uh, so here it is. Tiffany could see the king of the elven races. He was just as Nanny Og had described, still stinking, of course, but somehow hugely attractive. She kept her eyes on the horns on his head and try, uh, trying not to look at his meat and veg, which were huge. The king sighed, stretching out his legs and tapping his hooves against the wall, an animal scent like that of a badger in heat rising from him and curling towards her. You, young woman, he said lazily, his voice an invitation to romance, to wickedness, to pleasures you had not known you wanted until that moment. You come into my world, into my entertainments. You are a witch, are you not? Indeed I am, said Tiffany, and I am here to ask the king of the elves to be a proper king. He moved closer, and Tiffany tried not to blanch as the stench of him thickened. He smiled lasciviously, calling, causing her to think, I know who you are and what you are, and I think Nanny Og must have liked you. Mm -hmm. That's so good. She calls him old horny at yeah, one point. Yeah, that, that's that's nanny calls him. Nanny calls him that is very yep. good. But I like the Tiffany. Like, it's a hard needle to thread for a man mm -hmm. who died at sixty six, mm -hmm. but he manages to write. And obviously, you can speak to this better than I. But it seems to me that he writes this girl becoming a woman pretty pretty well. Right. Like she's gotten. More and more romantic and sexual feelings and thoughts and over the course older. of the books yeah. to this point where she's just full on turned on by this sexually magnetic creature. And, and that's the point of him. Yeah. Like he's supposed to be like that. Right. And if she'd showed up there when she was nine at the first book, yeah, it probably wouldn't have no, done anything. Have but, done, yeah. but I feel like he's handled her whole like development into a sexual being very well mm -hmm. without being gross about it. No, it never felt gross it just felt like this is what I, overall happens. i would say he's yeah. handled sexuality very well in over the course of this yeah. series now gender roles this oh. is this is the meat of what i wanted to talk yeah. about so the meat and two veg yes there is a couple of very good 
things, like mm-hmm. very good thematic things that's like, ooh, it's time to start dealing with this. Good job. Yes. That are counterweighed off by the by what's really popped up in the last, say, five books. Mm-hmm. It's been throughout. It's but... always there, but it's usually one or two jokes. And sometimes the jokes, because he's so good at constructing jokes, oh, are we'll even anyway. kind of funny. Yeah. Even though after I laugh, I'm like, wait a minute. I should You can't get around that. me that way. But there's we've complained about this in yeah. every time that it's happened in the last several books just this wives am i right yep. and and oh men are stupid lumbering morons who can't do basic stuff am i right ladies and the way they end up getting the king of the elves mm-hmm. into our world is to give him a man cave mm-hmm. where he can pursue his manly hobbies mm-hmm. and there's so much of that but then there is jeffrey Yes. I really like as a character. Like he is a he's the third son of of a of a wealthy family, so that means he gets nothing. And his dad is like super macho butch. Yeah. And I like this one relatable human content, but two just we need more stories like this about gentle like pacifists mm-hmm. whose strengths come from talking, de-escalation, like Man characters in particular just being kind and nice and showing a guide, yeah, like as a role model. Yeah, I liked that a lot, and it's a nice, deep callback to mm-hmm. equal rights. Where Esk wanted to be a wizard, he wants to be a witch, and it's like, ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you are 30, 40 books stronger now. Let's see you deal with this issue again, only better. And nothing really comes of that. And again, it it's is kind of disappointing. It's so outbalanced by all this like sexist bullshit. And it like, but there's so many. So, okay. There's Jeffrey. Yes. Who I think I would call a success more yes. or less. Like is a, is a good. He could have used some more filling out. We could have used some well, more is, time with him. This is my bad thing. Like that part is they talk about him being a calm weaver, which is basically. When conflict happens, he can de-escalate it, and yeah, I love that. Having someone around to keep things from getting heated, him just his very presence keeps people right, uh, like the soothings but, in the previous books. But my bad thing is, and this isn't actually what I was saying, but let's just get this out of the way. We didn't get much evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it all happened off screen. It was like, he has this goat that he he basically mm-hmm. calm wove into being like a trained, like a dog or whatever. Mephistopheles. Which is yeah. great. That's great. But we didn't really see that happen. Mm-hmm. We just show up after it had happened. And okay, watching someone train an animal could be boring. But again, watching an old woman scrub her bathroom mm-hmm. twice was enthralling. So you can make it interesting. But my point is we hardly ever saw him doing it. Everyone just talked about how he there did it. There was like a pub sequence, I think, where he did it a little bit and got people calmed down. A little, but not really. Yeah. It, was, it had mostly already happened. But- my point is, okay, that could have used a little more, like, a little more substance. But that said, I really like the idea of this character and that masculinity doesn't have to equal, like, physical strength. Mm-hmm. And there's this great thread of, like, the straw that breaks the camel's back with his father is he insi- his father insists that he go on the fox hunt. Right. Which he thinks is barbaric. He won't do it. And he basically leaves home because his dad insists that he do this. And at the end of the book, with the backing mm-hmm. of... Uh, 
of Queen Magrat and, uh, and, and King Varence, he's like, hey, guess what? Someone has invented a new uh, chicken coop that keeps foxes out, which means you don't need to do the fox hunt anymore. And you just volunteered to be the first person to try it out. Oh, you lucky, lucky, lucky man. Uh-huh. And I was a And good... my friend, the king and queen are here. That was a good mm-hmm. twist of the not knife because he's a pacifist. And mm-hmm. I just, I, pacifist vegetarian mm-hmm. who like, I, I like all that, especially around witches. It's mm-hmm. a great counterpoint to how strong and willful they are. And the boy isn't. It's, mm-hmm. it's nice. And I will sing the praises of a character I never thought I would sing the praises of. Mustrum goddamn Ridcully, mm-hmm. who shows up like tearful, mm-hmm. carrying his sack of love letters mm-hmm. from... Granny Weatherwax, and pays his respect to her grave. It's and like Ponder comes in on Mustrum at the yeah because Granny's death of, like rippled yeah. through magic. Hex detected it. Yeah, and so he comes in, and uh, Ridcully's there just like looking over these old love letters, mm-hmm. and he's so sad. This is the yeah. thing that I liked most about Ridcully, but like, it's only I didn't... briefly in Lords and Ladies, and then here. Yeah, I don't hate Ridcully the way you do because I'm kind of a bully. So when I look yeah. at some of that stuff, I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I get I get it. <laughs> when it clicked with me that he's the president, yeah. that, oh boy. That doesn't make me feel good about my bullying, but there you go. But like denying science and shouting yeah. people down and like, ugh. But this was so sweet. Mm-hmm. And he's throughout, like regardless of my personal problems mm-hmm. with him, he is a big manly man mm-hmm. who likes being athletic and like he was pushing for football because it's like you know yeah like like being athletic is good and the fresh air will do you good like all of that and he still like his heart aches for what might have been right. and he like he talks about how they couldn't be together so that they could be the most powerful war mm-hmm. like wizard and the most powerful witch and then they became that and it's all just very sweet yeah, and he says like, hmm. that like unfortunately they both got their wishes yeah but, and he does a toast to Gran- to Nanny where he says, um, like, he hopes they can all come around again mm-hmm. and, like, try and do this Yeah, give it another go. Yeah. But between him and Jeffrey, and there's a nice little, like, it, there's not much there, but mm-hmm. it comes up from time to time. There is a fegal daughter. Mm-hmm. Typically, they go off to another clan to become a Kelda. She doesn't want to be that. She, she wants, wants to be, to be a, warrior. a warrior. And she fights twice as hard as the boys to prove herself and says, I should be allowed to be a warrior i shouldn't have to be a mom and it's like okay here's some really good gender stuff you've Uh you've got the starts of a really interesting like meditation on all of this and then there's all this bullshit about man caves and wives and oh because we have these uh these old men that Mm -hmm. jeffrey spends a lot of time with, and that's a good chunk of the book too yeah and (sighs) the idea there isn't exactly bad there's Mm. this thing that happens not i think less now than it used to but with like uh old men who retire and they realize that they have no lives because all they've done is like work their work and they haven't you know developed social ties and all that kind of stuff and their wives have like Mm -hmm. even if they were working they still have friends and interests and stuff outside of work and outside of their spouse Mm -hmm. which is like a like a toxic masculinity problem yeah like it's like it's it's bad it's really bad that this is a thing that happens but where it all kinds of falls apart is that these men feel useless because their wives don't need them it's like no 
these men feel useless because they need to make themselves useful. And it's not their wives' jobs to do that. Yeah, but on you're right about yeah. all of that. On top of that, there's also the fact that the wives' job is to clean up and the men are just in the way. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, Okay, why don't you help clean up, maybe? Yeah. And then your wife could be have some extra time to do something with you, maybe. Yeah. But it's just so, like, he's so entrenched in these traditional gender mm-hmm. roles. And it's like, you've, you're, you're really hitting on some interesting stuff over here, but then you're back on your bullshit over here. And there's some stuff with Jeffrey, and it's not entirely textual. And I don't know how well it actually works if you think it through logically, because I very much like the idea of like a dude character who doesn't fall into traditional gender roles, who has like is doing his own thing. But there's some there's, and it's just a few sentences and I may be reading into it um, where Tiffany talks to him about being a man. And he says, you know, I don't really think of myself as like, as male like as Mm -hmm. male gendered and it it just sort of led me down like like and there was a few passages like that in the book that kind of made me wonder if perhaps we had sort of a proto non-binary character in jeffrey um but then that kind of ruins the men don't have to fall into certain gender roles thing like you don't have to be non-binary not to to fall into the i would have loved to see greater representation Mm -hmm. but i don't necessarily think that's what he was going yeah. for, but also maybe it's ambiguous enough that you could read that into it. What I chose to read into it based on my experience is here is a man who doesn't want to do certain traditionally manly things, right. so he doesn't. And I like that, but that is not to take away any other interpretation that might speak to someone else's experience. Yeah, and I'm just, like I say, when I was reading it, I was looking for it again this time because I remember. Mm-hmm. I re- yeah, I remember yeah. you saying that. And it's, there's definitely some stuff there, but I don't know if it's entirely exactly intentional. Well, it's a sort of a logical assumption on our part that he has gradually become more, for want mm-hmm. of a better word, woke. And he, I mean, apart from this weird, mm-hmm. you know, traditional gender thing. And like... There are clearly gay characters now. Like, they're still mm-hmm. just in the details. There's no, like, primary character who is gay. But he probably would have gotten there. And he was, like, gradually getting more okay with a lot of stuff. And it it, would, it feels like the progress boulder was rolling toward dealing with trans issues or non-binary issues or something along those lines. Yeah, like I say, it just felt like it was... I don't know if it was entirely intentional, but it did feel like there was a little text to back that up. Could be. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just it was. Oh, here's here's another. Yeah. There's another really interesting issue that persists throughout the book that contributes to this is an interesting study of mm-hmm. gender, which is there is a uh, Tiffany goes to uh, help with a birth, mm-hmm. which they think is twins, and it turns out to be triplets, and it's two boys and a girl, and the family completely ignores the girl, and Tiffany has to bend over backwards and do a bunch of witch tricks to get them to like to be interested in the to girl. be interested in this girl because otherwise she B- will that's just baby not... Tiffany. Yeah, yeah. She they don't even want to give her a name, and they're yeah. like, I don't know, what's your name? We'll name her that. Yeah. It, it wasn't to honor her; it was just an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And again, that echoes what could have been a really interesting meditation on like gender is like, oh, and like it's so sad that families only think that a boy is useful. Look, 
you yes. have a girl here as well who is also your child. They were born, all three born at the same time. And a lot of this stuff feels, and it might not have been the stuff that uh, Terry Pratchett would have tinkered with and mm-hmm. improved, but it feels like the the tired old men men are like this jokes, those would have made it into the final draft. Yeah, that's the like, thing, is because they've been yeah. in the last several, it feels like that's just where his mind was at this point. But some of the stuff with Jeffrey feels like it very likely would have been expanded. Yeah, maybe. And the stuff with Baby Tiffany, probably, yeah. and, and maybe the stuff with the... The Warrior, the warrior Kelda. Kelda. Yeah. yeah, and... Because um... that also dovetails with the Queen Inky stuff with yeah. Queen Magrat. Yeah. Like, there, it feels well, like those would have been expanded upon. Magrat has very clearly become the brains of the operation. Yeah. Like, uh, to this day, Varence is described as a well-meaning idiot, mm-hmm. which, that's fine. Like, he's always been that, but now Magrat has come into her own, so Lanker's not completely, like, boned. Right. But for a while there, it was like, oh boy, those two. Her with her hippy-dippy herbs and him with whatever <laughs> yeah what's gonna rule yeah but she's she seems to have become a pretty decent queen thankfully also they have several more children um but yeah there's there's some really interesting gender stuff here that again is weighed down by a lot of that garbage and yep. there's a lot of it and if if i think if he had had more time the good stuff would have been shined up and expanded the bad stuff would have still been there like i don't think he yeah. would have taken that out yeah We'll see. I mean, I'm, well, we we'll know see. We won't. No, we will not see. <laughs> not unless you have a shovel. Yeah, no. No, he, didn't he, like... I have no idea. Shoot himself into space or something? I have no it idea. feels like he probably yeah. would have. I mean, he had a sword made out of a meteor. Yeah, he was knighted and said, well, gotta have a sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm a knight, gotta have a sword. Mm-hmm. I was... Do you? <laughs> yes, he does. Come on. <laughs> he was knighted basically for being a fantasy author. Mm-hmm. That's two things that require a sword. Knights and fantasy. Come on. Yes, but I was, it it kind of surprised me. Like I knew this intellectually, but I guess I forgot or wasn't really thinking about it. This book is only five years old. Right, yeah. It feels like it was longer ago than that. It It feels like he's been gone longer. It feels like we've been without Discworld longer, but it hasn't been that long. Feels like a really long time. Five years as we record this, like seven if you're listening as these episodes drop. Yep. And you should have been a patron. Should have been a patron. Too late now. Money, Um, please. Yes, but um, no, I just like we because we talk about so many of these books is like, well, at the time, blah, 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 blah. This was five years ago. That mm-hmm. wasn't that long ago. It's just I don't know. That was just interesting to to think of for me. Um, Coming back to Jeffrey, mm-hmm. I, I like that so many authors of books and writers of TV shows and movies lean on daddy issues as like the default thing all the right. time. And like it, Star Trek. Oh God! The reason Every that character in Star Trek has, has daddy issues. Yeah. Um, but like, I this made me realize it came up here, and it's like, oh, it's come up a few times, but like the normal amount of times, not like every. It's not the reason everyone does everything. No, the last one I can remember is William DeWard, and before that, I can't think of one. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't come up, and we talked about that yeah. in the truth. Is that it's not a super common thing. No, it's not a trope for yeah. him. It's just a sometimes it's a character defining thing, and, and I like that. Tiffany's relationship with her father oh, it's is so great. still really good. In He's this. so proud of her, yep. and I love that. And people come to him to complain that Tiffany's not around enough, and he mm-hmm. has to be the one to be like, "We know that you're working really hard, but." Could, could, you, be could you be working harder? Yeah, but there's also some sexist bullshit there because yeah. he's like, uh, my wife would yell at me if I handled it wrong. Yeah. Oh my God, come on. What's wrong with you? And he forgot like their wedding anniversary. <sighs> and so he's in trouble for that. But then on the other hand, first of all, he's never once told Tiffany she can't be a witch. No. Which 
very easily could have been the story of you are a farmer's daughter you get married that's what Mm -hmm. you do you don't you don't be a witch you don't like you don't have a job but in addition to that the titular shepherd's crown Mm -hmm. which i will freely admit i didn't really understand what it was but it's an object we'll we'll get into it in a sec if you'd like but was handed down Mm -hmm. through the generations of achings and it's supposed to go to the shepherd of the family right and there's only one boy in the family and it's her brother wentworth and it doesn't go to him. No. It goes to her. And I like, I just, that's another good gender mm-hmm. thing where he says, come on, we all know who the real shepherd in yeah, this the, family the is. Yeah, the best shepherd. If she's not literally out there tending sheep, she's still making it possible. Yeah. This goes to her. And I like that. I like that he sees that in her. But I, can you explain to me what it's this thing is? It's just a fossil. Like it's, okay, because they a... keep talking about it having this mystical energy. And I think it's just one of those like... Tiffany draws on like her traditions and the things that, that Granny Aching said and did, and they're not, they don't really have any power other it's than her a belief. Fossil from the chalk, right? And Tiffany has is connected to the chalk, and right. she has talked to like the land, the, the yeah. land, and also like all of the creatures that used to live on the land that are the fossils before, right? Um, so it ties into that, and it's sort of a a bit of folklore that like this is for the king of the shepherds and when right. the king of the shepherds has this it'll turn from a fossil into gold now so, is that an actual thing or is it just for this story no idea okay also i thought the king of the shepherds was jesus yeah well tiffany is the king of the shepherds well, and all right this is her becoming the king of the shepherds yeah which she is no and there's like granny there's a there's her. a point where the crown literally says to her mm-hmm. this we belong to you this is you you this is correct. And the crown that say the the thing that's saying it to her is that fossil that she's talking right. to again. Yeah. yeah. And I like again, I like that her father sees mm-hmm. her value to the point where he doesn't give it to Wentworth who will take over the the farm well, and maybe. be the shepherd. He doesn't want to. Well, he wants okay. to go off and work on the clacks and the railway and like more I like, exciting modern I things. I like that the railways are still like mm-hmm. it wasn't just a thing like he got very good at connecting everything. Mm-hmm. Like the goblin thing comes up again and the trains and the trains come up in a really interesting way because when the elves try to make their incursion it's like oh there's iron everywhere mm-hmm. now. Right. And everyone figures out we have these stone circles that they come out of what if we sprinkle a bunch of iron around them? They won't be able to come out then. Mm-hmm. And my question to that is, why didn't Jason Og think of that last time? He's a blacksmith. He must have had pieces of scrap iron he could have put around the circle. Could just be didn't didn't think didn't, of it. Didn't think. Yeah, of it. I know. It's just like that is a really interesting yeah. idea. But iron is not new. Dealing with it in this way is. But you know. But I like I like all of that, and I like between that and their the elves' relationship with the goblins mm-hmm. and seeing them being treated well now. Like, both of those things are just like, what is happening well, to us? goblins have a place in this world and elves don't. Yeah, they're just stories now. Yeah, elves are elves are kind of useless. They have no value. But, uh, and that's what they've always been. Yeah. They've always been substance or style and no substance. But people are less interested in that. Yeah. I like the metaphor of industrialization means we believe in magic less, mm-hmm. but it literally is... Because there's more iron, these things that are repelled by iron go away. Like, right. I like how that works together. It's really nice. There's a reason we stopped believing in crap like that. It's because we started moving forward and thinking more scientifically. Mm-hmm. But also, there's a practical reason in this world, which I like. And so, uh, talking of the chalk and the, mm-hmm. and the traditions and all that stuff, the, the last beat of the oh, book... Oh, it's so good! Yeah. Is Tiffany... Like, because throughout the book, she's like, well... 
Granny wants me to have her house, and I should have her mm-hmm. house. But on the other hand, I ca- I can't. And she ends up giving it to um, Jeffrey, mm-hmm. which I like. But she can't be a witch and live with her parents. That's weird. So what she ends up doing? Uh, she builds herself a shepherding hut, like Granny Aching's from the leftover iron wheels, yeah. like uh, that she had. But she makes it herself. She learns carpentry. I love that. I love that she doesn't just go to someone and say, build me a hut. She says, teach me carpentry. I will build my own myself Because she wants it just so. She yeah. wants it to be exactly how she wants it to be. Mm-hmm. And the carpenter even says, listen, I can teach you. And of course I will. But this is my job. I can just do this for yeah. you. And you've helped me enough. Yeah. I wouldn't even charge you for yeah, it. I could just do it for you. But yeah. Tiffany wants it to be hers. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the book, the carpenter comes out. And she's actually kind of nervous about this because mm-hmm. he's a master of his craft and he judges her on yeah, what she made. Well she like did. this is her masterwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, no, you, you did great. This is yeah, this did, is perfect. He says, did you do it with magic? Yeah. Like he he's so impressed that he's like, you, you, you like, I, I know what I showed you. There's no possible way you could have made something this good. And uh, this is actually the last line mm-hmm. of the book. He says, so did you use magic to make the hut, hut miss? And she says, I didn't have to. The magic was already here. It's, oh, it's very sweet. So good. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, it's a, it's a respectful thing to Granny Aching mm-hmm. and it will like resonate with the people like, oh, right. The Aching girl, mm-hmm. of course, just where Granny Aching was. But at the same time, it's hers. It's not like just moving into her old place, which is long gone. No, she's making her yeah. own one. And that's all very good. I liked, I liked all of that. Um, What else? That's honestly, that's about it. Yeah, same. I mean, I had a couple other things highlighted, but nothing like yeah. major. There is one more passage I wanted to read. Actually, okay. this is this is kind of a nothing. It's just it just made me laugh. Is all uh, through the sequence where we find out everything affected by Granny's death. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular person isn't sad because he didn't know Granny, but he perceives it as a power vacuum, which is uh, Vetinari. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. In the palace, Drumnot the clerk hurried with the Ankmore Pork Times to the Oblong office, where Lord Vetinari, the patrician of the city, had been waiting for his daily crossword to arrive. One one more nod to that whole horny tangle. Mm-hmm. But Vetinari already knew the news that mattered. There will be some trouble. Mark my words. I expect squabbling on the distaff side, he sighed. Any ideas, Drumnot? Who will rise to the top of the brew, do you think? He tapped the top of his ebony cane as he considered his own question. Well, my lord, said Drumnot, the rumor on the clack says it's likely to be t- Tiffany aching, quite young. Quite young, yes. And any good? I believe so, sir. What about this woman called Mrs. Earwig? Drumnot made a face. All show, my lord, doesn't get her hands dirty. Lots of jewelry, black lace, you know the type. Well connected, but that's about all I can say. Ah, yes, now you tell me I've seen her. Pushy and full of herself. She's the kind who goes to soirees. So do you, my lord. Yes, but I'm the tyrant. So it's the job I have to do, alas. Now this aching young lady, what else do we know about her? Wasn't there some bother last time she was in the city? My lord, the Knack-Mack Feagles are very fond of her, and she of them. They consider themselves an honor guard on her oca- on, to her on occasions. Drum not. Yes, my lord? I'm going to use a word I've not used before. Crivens. That made me laugh so much. I... Never got tired of the Feagles, mm-hmm. apart from that one blip of bullshit mm-hmm. in the one book. I always liked them. I definitely, I think the switch flipped for me in mm-hmm. that book, and it never flipped back. There was Did some it moments, this time? I just, anytime they showed up, my interest level just 
dropped like a stone. Oh. No, um, always in, always into mm-hmm. him. Still enjoyed him. There was a, there was some moments that I enjoyed. Honestly, I can't think of any moments from from them in this book that I enjoyed. Really, um, I like all the stuff where they wanted to kill. Uh... Just didn't do anything for me. Huh. Um, all right. I, in the last book, I really liked Jeannie helping with um, the girl who'd been abused. Right, I really enjoyed that. And mm-hmm. in the previous book, I had enjoyed um, them teaching Roland to be a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were bits I enjoyed, not so much in this one, hmm. uh, but I, it was an uphill battle because I oh. was over it. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. No, I still enjoyed them the whole time. Well, I suppose that's it. So what No, do we... I don't like it. I know. What do we have for a pune? If I don't do it, we have to keep we have to keep doing it. No. <laughs> if I don't it's like when you don't read the last book in a series and so it's never over. Yeah, I know at least one person who hasn't read this book for exactly yeah, that reason. I have a, a book by Joe Clayton who's an author I really liked who she died very young. Mm-hmm. And there's one of her books that I've never read and I every once in a while I pull it out and I'm like, I oh, can't, it's too sad. Yeah. Then they'll yeah. all be over. Mm-hmm. No, I know that feeling. <laughs> so, okay, here is the pune or play on words. She had mixed up a new tonic for her yesterday, a good strong dose of reciprocal greens. It looked rather it looked a rather poisonous green before it was heated up, but in most cases the end certainly justified the greens. <laughs> There's also another good one uh where Tiffany asks the Nagmac Feagles if they want to make soap for uh the Kelda, mm-hmm. like as a present, because it's really easy. Mm-hmm. All you need is, you know, some fat and lye, and they say, Oh, we're very good liars. I famously good liars i didn't care for that yeah also pretty good mm. you don't care for any of them <laughs> yeah but no there's some that i like there was was it the last book where there was of one cobblers that pre- yes that was yeah. very good that was two books ago all right the cliche count was remarkably light this time yeah uh there was only one gingerly and two susurrations and that's it and for a tiffany book two susurrations is yeah low. i mean and we've always been a little unfair counting that one yeah. because that's her word yeah like it's it's a characteristic it's thing because once Terry Pratchett discovered he liked the word, yeah, he it, started using it in, in other in work, other books, in other and books. we had in one book there was like fucking five of them or something, yeah, and it wasn't a Tiffany book. No, yeah. and it, it wasn't like her and Roland discover or uh, uh, Preston yeah. discovering that you know. I could have done with more Preston. Like overall, yeah, there was there was some nice talk about how he's trying to become a doctor yeah. and she's a witch and they don't have time, but they're still trying to make time, and I liked all of that. Yeah, but it. He, we got some of his character in the last one, mm-hmm. but in this one, we didn't get a ton more. I don't know that there was room for there, him. There might not have been, but it just felt like I would have liked, because he's important to Tiffany, I, it's like when you want to meet your friend's partner. Yeah, uh, I suppose so. I, I wanted to meet Preston more. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, but on the other hand, I don't think he would have fit thematically yeah. with, with everything else. What do you got for grade? Uh, it was an A. Quite good. Not my very favorite best one, but I really enjoyed it. I gave it a B plus yeah. just because there was some real wasted potential there. Like yeah. I said, so many like of the specific issues that I liked were undercut by completely seemingly contradictory issues mm-hmm. in the other direction. And it's like, come on, man, you know, you know the right, you know the right direction here. But that's it. That's the entire that's series. We did it. We we are done. Nobody said we couldn't do it, but we showed them anyway. I just assumed someone did. I mean, someone might have said it under their breath, but they wouldn't dare say it to our faces. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Unstoppable force, immovable object. Correct. What happens when the unstoppable uh, force teams with the immovable object? I think they get married. Yeah, that's what happens. (laughs) And do a podcast. Yeah. But uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Mm -hmm. We've very much enjoyed this, obviously. This has been great. Yeah. I have 
Like, I mean, I like doing stuff with you. I know yeah. it's shocking. No, we obviously yeah. we enjoy each other's company, but like yeah, I know it's weird married people liking each other. Being wah, wah. like as we record this, we are like a week from our tenth wedding anniversary. Yeah. Like we've been together for a while. Thousand, thousand years. We were yeah. seeing each other. Yeah, well for before five years we got before married. that. Yeah. yeah. So we've been together fifteen. But um one thousand years. But also we have very our marriages in high school. <laughs> we have very distinct uh separate interests. Yeah. Right so, now I'm reading epistolary smut from the 1600s yeah which is about as far from what i want to read as would you care to join me not shall we review those no (laughs) the death of my boner (laughs) um but what i'm saying is and we said this at the very beginning this is in the overlap this is something we are both very passionate about and and i wouldn't want to do something that i was like only kind of like tepidly interested in no and i think if you go back and look at everything we've done and the grades that we've mm-hmm. given overwhelmingly we enjoyed this series there's yep. a few books that we hated and there's a few books we could have done without but but most largely of, I mean, if two-thirds know, of the series yeah. was good and half the series was great yeah it's definitely worth reading yeah and yeah and the books i really hated there weren't many books i really hated no, there and, was like five maybe and i think i i know you don't agree with me yeah. here i think a crummy discworld book is still better than a lot of other like, i disagree okay, like there's there's a handful of books that, like, I had only read once because I hated them, and I will never read yep. them again. No, I get it. But uh, overall, reading all of these in a relatively short, like, it took us a year and a half to get through mm-hmm. these. And, like, having... Well, pretty soon you're going to get to read something else. Yeah. Having these details fresh in my head mm-hmm. really made it more enjoyable. Me too. And having... I saw some echoes and some yeah. themes that I didn't pick up. Yeah. Well, and like... even some plot threads well like the goblin thing really came out strong Mm -hmm. like in the last few books is like he built to it and then it happened Mm -hmm. in the main story but then it continued echoing and like that kind of thing i love but uh, between that and critically analyzing them with you i got a lot more out of them this time and well the point of this was to think about it and sometimes when you take something you enjoy and you put it under a magnifying scope magnoscope a magnoscope Mm -hmm. it kind of wrecks it like there are definitely some things that i enjoy oh there's things i don't want to think too much about that i don't want to put a critical eye on because i'm like it's fine yep but it can't hold up to scrutiny i can't really this is about my visceral enjoyment of it yeah not about any intellectual Yeah. yeah whereas this i felt like i enjoy it more for thinking about it more yes and the 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 work welcomes it i think yeah. there's there's a lot to talk about as we have proven but i mean we're also both big talkers so it doesn't yeah. take much to that's, get us going that's true but this was very enjoyable thanks to everyone for listening and thanks thank, for the money yes thank you to all of our patrons paid for the books we yes Yes, you absolutely did. Uh, we had to buy each and every book electronically mm-hmm. so that we could, like, share notes. Mm-hmm. So, like, we both owned all of these books and the audiobooks, yep. and we had to buy them again. Yep, because we got paper copies. Yeah, and, and you can't really had... highlight a paper copy yeah. and see the other person's highlight and, and all of that. I mean, we could have figured out a doc solution or something, yeah, but, but that this would is have been, so much yeah, easier. Typing, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. So um, thanks for the money. Yes. Uh, we will be doing... Two bonus episodes yes. following this one. Uh, we will be reviewing... In the Terry Pratchett uh, tradition of doing 10 hours worth of epilogue. Yes. <laughs> we will be doing no, 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 no. two-hour epilogue. Not, yeah, we are not doing... Like, let's be clear. We're not doing the carpet people. I don't like the carpet people. I liked it okay. We're not doing the Long Earth. We are not doing Good Omens. Yep. We actually... I hate Good Omens. Between the two of us, don't care for Good Omens that much. Don't 
Don't add us. Fuck. But fuck, I hate good omens. I don't love it. But, yeah, but you don't hate it the way I okay. do. Like, I'm trying to wrap yeah. up the show. Don't go on a 10 minute rant about I how you hate, hate good omens, it. please. We are not doing like uh, several I other books. I'm doing good omens just to talk about how much I hate it for two hours. Oh my God, I'm going to turn <laughs> your microphone off. Doesn't matter. You'll still be able to hear me through yours. <laughs> we will be doing yes. Nation, which was requested by a mm-hmm. patron. It's also one of your, like, your faves. Yes, yeah. it absolutely is. And. Just to throw Amanda a bone because I like Nation and she doesn't, we're going to do Dodger, which mm-hmm. I don't like and she does. Yeah. So that will balance things out. Yeah. So that's our two-hour Terry Pratchett epilogue. Yes. Yeah. And then 10 hours of you talking about how you don't like Good Omens. <sighs> yes. There should be a Patreon bonus present. No one wants that. And doesn't anyone want to hear about- Everyone loves that book <laughs> except ever- us. Doesn't everyone want to hear about how I hate the thing they love? Yeah. That's that- a that's a, a really good look. That people enjoy. That book is the Lil Sebastian, and yes. and we are all uh, Ben Wyatt. Yep. So, all right. This has been a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross. Copyright 2020 and 2022. For full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.